I would like to say something real quick because I'm on a little crusade about this. I need Bravo to stop making Housewives and start making other types of shows because it used to be Flipping Out, Project Runway, Tabitha's Salon Takeover. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There was like a hair show too. And Housewives. Yeah. But now every show is just Housewives. And it's actually the friends I just newly made who reminded me. They're like, programming was not... So- we even said we're not going to be all Housewives. But now any show that's pitched turns into Housewives. Mm. And it's fucking annoying because I love Dubai. Don't get me wrong. But I ran out of steam because I was like, it's kind of just the same exact thing. It's like this woman is this way. This woman is that way. This woman doesn't get along because that's all we're doing. And then real girlfriends in Paris. I'm like, okay, so now we're just doing Housewives, but younger. Like, that's (laughs) ridiculous, you guys. Like, we can be a little more creative. This used to be a show about, like, culture and cool shit. People function better when they're high. Hey, baby gorgeous. Welcome to Bravo and Blaze, where we're going to get lit off all the latest happenings going on in the Bravo TV world. This is a safe and uncensored space to discuss our love for everything 420. So grab your can of goodies and let's get lit. I wanted to bring you on because I want to get to know you. I want to hear everything about you. So it's I'm gonna really do- not as fun as what you just said. I'm going to make stuff up. <laughs> In like 30 <laughs> minutes, I just, I cried. <laughs> you gave us range. <laughs> I am wild, but okay. Hi, everyone. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to edit this now. This is another thing I need to work on is like how I structure things because I always just go off and then editing is such a bitch and I hate myself for it, but okay. <laughs> Hi, everyone. I would like to introduce our special guest today, star of The Real Housewives of the San Fernando <laughs> Valley, coming soon, Emily Hanks. Hello, Emily. How are you? I forgot I wrote that. <laughs> I forgot that I I was like, I love, who told her? Who told her? Also, if, you know, whoever's listening, if you, you may know Emily from She Speaks Bravo on, she has a great podcast, which is also on YouTube. So you can see her lovely face. Oh, thanks. <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah. Hi. We've just, hi. we've been gabbing. I know. We have I, been gabbing. It's tough to do an intro now because we, now we're best friends. So I know. I just told my whole life story and my future plans. I sobbed. I weeped. To be fair, I was probing. Like I kept, I kept asking follow ups because it was fascinating. So I could have stopped it and been like, "Wait, should we do the intro?" But I, I kept, I, I kept going. It was my okay. fault too. I contributed. Well, this is what I love about being a content creator in 2022 is that we have so many options with technology now. And we were even talking before about like, do we put out content only on YouTube? Do we put it only on the podcast? Like there really isn't any structure and technology is really, I mean, I studied technology in college and formally and then professionally for 15 years. So I've been watching over the past few decades thinking, holy shit, our world is going to come to an end soon because it's getting out of hand. But personally, I feel like people don't really know what to do with technology. Can you tell us a little bit about your take on that, but also how you even got here to having a podcast? Because I think people love to hear the content creator side. 
Uh, I think that I, I, I got a little overwhelmed with the amount of different avenues there are to like release content on. Yeah. So it is a lot. And every, every platform is like its own separate medium Mm -hmm. and requires like a little tweaking in order, in order to be really successful on it. Yeah. So like Instagram was where I just felt comfortable because that was the platform I'd used since yeah. years. That's where um, you're a consumer. So you felt comfortable starting to create content there. Exactly. I find, I find that to be kind of like the normal path for content creators. It's like wherever you consume first, that's where you start. Because that's almost where you, you learned cause you were looking at it. Yeah. And so, um, I started there and then I would always hear people say, you really should go over to TikTok. And so I couldn't like I, the amount of times I tried to make TikToks and like, I don't, I couldn't, I didn't do well talking to the camera. Like I I would just talk to myself and then I would get confused and lose and forget what I was actually talking about. And so I just, it didn't work. Like the, the face forward stuff didn't work. And so then I would just repost what I was posting on Instagram to TikTok and it did okay. But mm-hmm. I actually understand why I didn't like, blow, I don't blow up on TikTok. I do okay. But like my account by no means, it's been on for, it's been up for a while. I'm only at like 4,000 followers because it's like, I get it. That's a lot, that, by the way. Is it? I feel like, I feel like to blow up on TikTok, you should be at like 10K quick, but it's because I don't cater my content to yeah. TikTok. And that's what you need to do. I need to be like, hey, talking to the camera, like, this is just for you guys here on TikTok. Same thing with YouTube. I don't do YouTube. I don't like say like, hey, YouTube, this is just for you guys. And this is specifically like a YouTube yeah. thing. Yeah. So I'm just repurposing the stuff I already do that I'm comfortable Damn. with. So yeah. I don't necessarily like explode on all platforms because mm. you do have to kind of like cater to it content wise absolutely and i think that i don't know is that a common misconception that people think that if you do well on one one platform that you're automatically going to do great on all others i think that's uh, like as people would tell me all the time because i was doing well on instagram they'd be like you need to go over to tiktok you'll blow up so fast and Uh someone said out loud to me I guarantee if you post everything you're posting on Instagram to TikTok, you'll be at 10K followers in like a week. Out of their mouth, they said that. So you can imagine my my disappointment when I did not. Are they social media experts? No, but everyone thinks they're an expert. Everybody. That is one of my biggest pet peeves with humankind is that we all, no one just listens. Everyone has to give you advice. I'm like, nobody asked. I was just trying to show off my Instagram account because at that time I was like, I have 5,000 followers and I was so excited. That's a lot. I, I haven't I, even hit 5,000 yet. See? And I was like, you need to just let me live in my happy place. Like, why yeah. do you need to tell me to go to TikTok? That's so yeah. annoying. I started this account. Oh, actually, I started as We Speak Housewives because my friend oh. and I were going to do a podcast together. And because he seemed like he was a big Bravo fan. And then we started trying to do some recordings. And as we were recording, I was like, hmm, I don't think you're as big of a Bravo fan as you think you are. Because half the time we like I'd bring something up. I'd be like, you know, it's like Melissa and Joe from Jersey. And then he'd be like, you know, I stopped watching at season three. What's happening? (laughs) 
And I was like, oh, I don't have the time to like catch you up on all of the seasons. Oh so my, that's hilarious. We never ended up releasing anything. And then oh. I had, it was 2020. I had my dad and I'm getting COVID and like on a ventilator, like horrible, tragic oh, no. stuff. He's fine. He made it. He's totally oh, fine. God. But like that put a wrench in the plans. And I was like, I need to take care of this. And then I just like never really picked it back up. And so, but then I kept the Instagram account going and I'm not going to lie. I like kept it going because I just preferred going into my Instagram and not seeing any personal friends. Like I didn't need to see yeah. you guys going to brunch and like comparing my life to your life and being upset about it. I liked going on and just seeing Bravo content. Yeah, same. Mm -hmm. and then I just stopped going. I was just like, oh, I'm just going to use this as my personal account from now on. So like I only followed like a few of the people I actually do care about and the rest yeah. was Bravo content. I didn't think anyone was going to even look at my account anymore because I was like, oh, this is just going to be like my own personal account. And so I kept posting purely for my own enjoyment and people were tagging me like Bravo while black kept tagging me in their posts. And finally I messaged, I messaged who I now know is Kaya. I messaged them. I was like, Hey, you guys keep tagging me in your posts. And I just want to make sure, do, are you meaning to tag someone else? And they were like, and it was Kaya. She's like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm meaning to tag you. It's like, are you sure? <laughs> I don't like, I just didn't think anyone was paying attention. And that was like literally all I needed. And I was like, oh, okay, maybe I'll keep posting. And so from there, like, honestly, my, my, uh, self-esteem coming out of the pandemic, like it was at such a low, low, low point that this as cheesy as this sounds watching my account grow and my platform grow is truly like watching me come back to life. Yeah. So I was at such a low place and was like, no one will care what I have to say. And so watching this evolve is truly like watching me come out of like my flop yes. era. Oh my God. I yeah. love that. I mean, one, it's funny that you called coming out of my flop era. Oh, girl. Two, I love that. And I feel similar, like this whole content creation, like I never thought I would be someone to like, grow a following through a social media platform but I just kind of like leaned into it and it's been very therapeutic and it's helping me like navigate through some of these old traumas that I've like you know just kind of blocked away and now I'm you know I've left my corporate world and so I'm a solopreneur hanging out by myself with oh is that man. what they call it Oh, I like yeah. that solopreneur. Yeah, solopreneur, like a freelancer or, you know, anyone who works for themselves. And okay. So, I mean, it's like, it is lonely doing this kind of stuff, but it's so rewarding at the same time. And that's why I like connecting with people like you because one, we're like, we can speak the same language. We both speak Bravo. <laughs> uh -huh. But then I love that Bravo opens up bigger discussions about mm -hmm. you know our world and what's going on and i feel like you know bravo is modern day anthropology to some extent it's swayed in one way because of the production and things like that but now i'm getting into this whole like wow people really don't know anything about media they don't know like some people think that the shows are happening in real time. I know. That is so wild to me that people don't know that 
basic. I know. Like, that's weird. I don't know. What what has your experience been like, you know, just kind of scoping out this land of content creation and meeting other people like, you know, Bravo. What? It, sorry, what was it? Their name? Bravo Well Black? Bravo Well Black? Do you not know them? No, I do know them, but I was like, is it? Because there's another one that's similar. Well, there's also so many up. Bravo accounts, and I totally yeah. understand why you're like, wait, which one? Yeah, I don't. I didn't want to mess it up. Sorry, I did. Um, <laughs> I well, I didn't even know that Bravo accounts existed until 2020. I had. No I didn't idea. even know in 2020. I, I had no idea I could utilize this vast, seemingly knowledge. unnecessary knowledge. I know, isn't it amazing? Yeah. This whole time I was being ridiculed for watching Bravo because yes. I didn't have anyone else in my life that mm -hmm. liked it. So I was yeah. like, what? Oh, I could no. have been talking Bravo all this time and people for would years. be impressed. Yeah, decades. Because I had been made fun of for being able to quote Bravo. Now, now I could have been around people who would have been like, enjoying it so genius yeah like i yeah. i think it's genius when i see your your clips on instagram and some of your takes i'm like she gets it thank <laughs> you oh my it's so refreshing it's like i don't okay i thought i was like taking crazy pills but no okay there's somebody else i think the i think the most challenging part of the bravo um viewing bravo content creating etc world is it's a huge fan base so like it's a huge audience and it, it, it gets very black and white with the audience and it's like team this team that mm -hmm. and it, there's not a lot of room for nuance mm -hmm. and sometimes that can get a little exhausting that's been my number one like annoyance mm -hmm. where like it's also the network's fault to be honest mm -hmm. um i've i've recently made really good friends with some cool inside sources uh that have taught me a lot about the production element of it oh i would love to hear all about it but it's, i don't want you to like you know well no i can i can totally speak to it i just won't like tell you who it is yeah obviously right. I don't but, need to know. <laughs> but what i learned was so the network gets final obviously they get the final cut but they do right. a few edits too so like they don't just edit one time like a junior executive edits at one time and then they send that back and then another executive edits it again and like a few it goes to the network a few times okay and so what's kind of annoying about that is they're not there for filming obviously they're like in new york and you know let's say mm -hmm. southern charm for example because that's on mm -hmm. southern charm is currently filming let's say and then they're sending these dailies back to new york and and they'll say things like they'll they'll make a phone call to production and be like okay we we're trying to get more of like Paige and craig do you think maybe do you think maybe i don't know craig could talk about moving in with Paige or something and they'll try to give like direction yeah. into yeah, their yeah. real life and you're like no they're real people so we can't like tell them to do things that's not how that works and sometimes just be a little detached that way because they're looking at it from a story angle yeah so when it comes time to final edits they will they'll just be very 
black and white about things and yeah. they'll and they'll take a scene for example the olivia Venita scene when they go to get coffee and they go to make up that scene in real life had to have been a maybe at, at the least half an hour at the most an hour yeah we got we got 10 minutes at five minutes and yeah. it seemed really lackluster like the yeah, final I cut was like <laughs> the final cut was horrible it was like that's all they gave us yeah and Vanita seemed satisfied with the conversation so the way I recapped it was okay clearly they left something out and they didn't they want us to think that Olivia is a little insensitive and Vanita is not getting exactly what she needs because they want to still drive the conversations from last season, which mm -hmm. is that there was this conversation about race and they're right. like, oh, the audience liked that. So let's keep that going a little bit. It's like, well, if it's not really what's happening, you don't need to do that. Let's just be realistic. But the network is kind of just manipulating things a little too much because yeah. they're a little out of touch but then the audience thinks in black and white so then it's still kind of play so it as someone who can watch the shows with nuance it gets mm -hmm. exhausting commenting on it yes. sometimes yeah because then the comments it goes very like i don't care that's what that's what i think and there, there's just not a lot of room for <laughs> discussion so i have to remove myself a few times because yeah. i have gotten too far in the comments sometimes where I just I need to like remind myself this is public and people yeah. can screenshot this and I'm losing my mind so yeah so what do you think about that I mean I've been looking at technology and the fact that you know when I graduated college in 04 I know that ages me but I had studied information technology and arts and electronic media community or arts and communications emac was like the you know the concentration that i did and you know we didn't have social media at that time and i just kept thinking like damn this is so scary i don't know what's going to happen to the future and like now you have people mm -hmm. who feel confident to troll or say abusive things to each other because it's through a screen versus to their face and like granted there's still people who would do it to your face but like it, obviously people feel bolder now to just say whatever do you and you mentioned like you know bravo gets to oversee what story is coming out to the viewers and like when bravo started it was 1980 things have changed a lot so like i don't know i just feel like bravo needs some help with like adjusting yeah. to what the environment and the landscape has evolved into because now you have allegedly some random guy saying on Twitter that he's going to the Beverly Hills reunion and like anyone could do that now like these things aren't going to stop it's just a matter of how is Bravo gonna handle it I mean can you speak to this like dynamic I'm looking from a bigger like higher level like i feel like the audience doesn't have the responsibility to try to figure out everything you know like it's not their place like they're just watching they don't know the ins and outs you know so i you know do you notice that it's only really beverly hills that gets ugh, all this crazy social media like sub story or like I wouldn't even say sub like joint story like yeah, it's, it's like part it's of a it parallel now. story like if you're not on social media you're not going to get the full picture of Beverly Hills yeah 
And I, that's actually why I started looking at social media was because I was watching a Beverly Hills reunion and half of it was on Twitter, on social media, on whatever. And I was like, hold on, I need to get on. To yeah. social, I need to follow all these accounts because I have no idea what they're talking about. Yeah. Why is it only on Beverly Hills? Not at, Atlanta has had nothing. I think Beverly Hills, the ladies are, they know that they, they know what power is involved with engaging the audience and they know that like even erica during the whole like girardi fraud thing coming out she even said i like trolling the trolls i like posting to get a reaction out of people because she knows it will and that's like we know this this is it's not about like doing things to get a reaction now it's like we're at a point where we know that thing things you do on social media will get a reaction because people aren't, you know, like they're not sitting back doing critical thinking about all this stuff like we mm -hmm. are, you know? And mm -hmm. so it's a different message that they receive versus like somebody who knows about video editing and audio editing and the fact that yeah. there's so much we don't see and like the common, you know, everyday person doesn't know these things. So I don't know where I'm going with this, but <laughs> do you have any thoughts on this? Because I feel like I am just screaming out and nobody's listening to me, but I don't know what the, I don't know what the solution is. I think, I mean, I have some ideas, but what do you think I, about this whole I dynamic? Just, I just want Lisa Rinna gone next season. <laughs> I'm really worried that she like won't that be gone. Franchise gone. Do you really? You want it all gone? hell fucking yeah i think it's, you want beverly hills over i never liked it from the beginning i really? actually was triggered in season one and i couldn't put my finger on it at the time like i was in my <clears throat> 20s or whatever but the i know what pushed it over the edge was the whole uh suicide thing with taylor armstrong's husband like that was too yeah. much for me i was heavily triggered so i wrote it off in my mind i was like fuck beverly hills i'm never watching that ever but then that was what 13 years ago or something I know, right? I, like, Isn't that crazy to think I know I like forgot about it and obviously like I change as a person over time and COVID happened and that's when I went all in with Bravo and started binging everything and so I just picked up where I think it was maybe Teddy's last season I still don't like I I did see Teddy a little bit but I think it's so fascinating how much everyone hates her. And you and you don't have the full scope of yeah, it. Yeah, I don't really know. So I'm just like, wow, <laughs> everyone hates her. It's like very unanimous, too. I love it. It really makes me so happy. But then it always blows my mind when I go onto her page, for example, like just to see, because sometimes I get curious what comments on her page are. Ooh, she has tons of followers that like her. And if I were to be out somewhere, like I just put my, I randomly think about this. Like if I were to be out and bump into a fellow Bravo fan oh my God. and be like, oh, you like Bravo too? Oh, cool. Who, who's your favorite on Beverly Hills? And they were to be like, Teddy. I don't know what I'd do. Yeah, I don't know. I, I really, I don't know if I could, if I could be polite. I was going to say, would you just be like, because <laughs> I feel like hold on, I hold on. Let's like let's that. role play. Let's role play. You'll be the person that I that that's gonna say okay. Teddy. So I'm gonna be like, oh, who's your favorite person on Beverly Hills? You know, I really love that Teddy Mellencamp. <laughs> oh, that would be my reaction. I would have to go with an O. It would be oh, 
interesting. Then I think then I would say then I would say why that would be I would say why and I would need her to I would need her to explain it because maybe and then and because I would definitely need to know why someone likes Teddy. Yeah. And then and then I bet it would be something annoying like this. Like, I just think she's a good mom and she loves her husband. Like she's very disciplined with her diet. Yeah. (laughs) I like the way she, you know, holds people accountable. And I'd be like, okay, our conversation ends here. Turn around. (laughs) Do not talk to me the rest of this. That reminds me of um, Patricia excusing herself from (laughs) Naomi (laughs) when she went up to her to talk about Catherine. Will you excuse me? I think she even says, I heard someone come in. And it's like, (laughs) well, yeah, like people are coming in, like their guests are arriving. (laughs) That's what's happening, but she. That's what, what I that's what I would do. What is your favorite Bravo show of all time? Mm, of all time. So, okay, before I say that, I would like to say something real quick because I'm on a little crusade about this. I need Bravo to stop making Housewives and start making other types of shows because it used to be Flipping Out, Project Runway, mm-hmm. Tabitha's Salon Takeover. Mm-hmm. I don't know that there was like a hair show too and housewives, but now every show is just housewives. And it's actually the friends I just newly made who reminded me, they're like programming was not, we even said, we're not going to be all housewives, but now any show that's pitched turns into housewives Hmm. and it's fucking annoying because I love Dubai. Don't get me wrong, but I ran out of steam because I was like, it's kind of just the same exact thing. It's like this woman is this way. This woman is that way. This woman doesn't get along because that's all we're doing. And then real girlfriends in Paris. I'm like, okay, so now we're just doing housewives, but younger. Like that's (laughs) ridiculous. You guys like we can be a little more creative. This used to be a show about like culture and cool shit. Yeah, like, or I want to see, I, what attracted me to Housewives was their success. Like, how did they become successful? How are they driving around these amazing cars and look fabulous? Like, teach me how to be like that, because that's what we all aspired to, right? And now I'm like, oh my God, these people just like got lucky or something. Like, I don't need them to keep doing a housewives in this city and a housewives in that city. I'm like, or just literally come up with a different type of show and be creative with the concept. I do think that with housewives, they should stop trying. Like, I can tell what you're talking about this. Like, they're trying to almost like replicate a formula with the cast versus what I think they should do is really focus the franchise on that location and then have the characters be a part of that in an organic way somehow like they need to figure out a better way because just plugging people in i see what you're saying cities is like if you want it. to focus on the location because you think that would be a cool town to focus yeah. on or a cool city then look for people there and it doesn't have to be housewives maybe yeah, yeah. maybe the men I- are really cool there too I think these shows need to have some kind of brand to them, right? So, like, with Salt Lake, the reason why I loved Salt Lake when it came out is because it brought something new. There was, like, totally. an additional layer of religion on top of everything that was completely brand new to the Housewives. Totally. Franchise. 
And then with Dubai, I do like it because of like the opulence. We get to see Absolutely. something outside of our country and like, you know, get exposed to the culture and arts. Like that does remind me of the old school Bravo days, but like the old, like the OG franchises like OC and like New York, they're just all crumbling. And I feel strongly that it's because there's no brand or like no mission or values around each show and like you said it doesn't have to be housewives unless you turn the housewives franchise into its own brand of look these are successful women who have who are really smart and teach like they'll show how to be successful or something not like oh, we got, you know, so-and-so who's trying to make a business, but we're all laughing at them because... Well, my theory is the reason they turn it into Housewives is because that's what Andy is still executive producer on. Brand Andy's only executive producer on Housewives. He's not... He's no longer, like, at the network anymore. He's yeah. only on Housewives. And then he's also on, obviously, Watch What Happens Live, but, like, that's his show. So this is what I've been exploring that I don't have much um, insight into. Maybe you have more. So I've been looking at media from a high level, like, okay, we have our networks, right? Like NBC Universal, who owns Bravo, and then Bravo, do they hire or employ these production companies or do they just purchase like a show? And because what I heard is that there's, these production companies, anyone could be a production company, like literally, hi, I'm a production company because I have a camera um, and I could do a whole show and then sell it to a network to release it or whatever. So I don't know what the dynamic is between the network and the production. And then from there, does the production hire the cast? You mean from you mean you mean from like pitch? Yeah. Like from, from beginning to, yeah, to the end and to the end. Yeah. Um, I think that, I don't know. I think it's product, the production company works on it and pitches it to the network. And then Bravo, yes, that's what it is. The production company does like the pilot or whatever. And then Bravo's like, no, no, we're not going to make it Housewives. And then they make it Housewives. <laughs> so does the production company work with Bravo in advance when they're like filming a new pilot because who takes on that risk because obviously it costs money to hire cam cameramen and a whole production crew so is a production i think the production company the would take on that risk but then they can probably they can probably pitch it to multiple networks yeah and so yeah. whoever picks it up would then uh, would then they'd sell it to them i am making this up so I don't yeah know. this is the part that i'm interested in though because i think yeah. that does impact what we see as viewers because what is the best interest for all parties involved if bravo is getting only like this daily report of what's going on on the show and they're making decisions what why are they making certain decisions i am actually going to have uh, an executive producer on my show and do these and do this whole line of questioning so that's really funny that we're doing this right okay. now Good. yeah I'll make sure i put well I'll yeah i'll put i'll links. put a I'll put up a whole thing asking about because I have the same I have these exact same questions because I was like I was I was very, as equally as confused as you were. Yeah, so it's like, because, because it I think, does matter. But once it's a, but once it's a Bravo show, then it's a Bravo show. Right. 
I think I want to say that it's not the same production company that then works on it. I think once Bravo picks it up, then they then then they give it to I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. We will we will ask the it's EP. It's okay. We're gonna find out. We're um, gonna ask because that's why I have the EP coming on because I'm like I'm at like fifty percent understanding and I want to get to a more well-rounded yeah. understanding of how it works because for example when the roni when the roni canceled its reunion we all were like they did it to protect ramona that's why they did it and she was the first one to say you know what i doubt it was that emotional she's like i think it was more that the ratings were so low and yeah. they they thought well advertisers probably weren't buying uh placements for the reunion which meant they were not going to get a great return on investment so because the reunions are so they expensive already, didn't they already film it mm -mm. oh they didn't i thought they they hadn't filmed practice, the reunion but they were ready to film they just canceled the filming last minute to save money that makes sense that makes sense and so they were like we're not going to be able to return on investments because it's so expensive to do the reunions you can imagine yeah so she's like i think she's like i'm guessing but she's like that makes more sense to me because the ratings were so bad for that the season makes, yeah that does make sense so this is another topic that i've been very curious about and i've been like googling and calling people and looking up law firms that specialize in media and stuff but this concept of advertising versus public relations and so advertising is like when you pay for you pay a media company to advertise make like a commercial for your product or service or whatever then there's pr where you hire someone whose job either they they're paid on like a retainer basis or like some kind of one-time fee if there's like some big campaign but they're hired to be the middleman to all the media outlets to push and persuade and kind of manipulate the story of what that person wants. So they're paying, it's like still an exchange of money for persuasion to the viewers through media. And I find it interesting that there's a difference between PR versus advertising. I don't know. Have you thought about this concept at all? Because I'm just like obsessed. Well, P I, I understand the difference because advertising is literally a commercial. Right. Like they're like, okay, we, and we bought a placement. So here you go. Here's the commercial. As where PR is like full spin. <laughs> yeah, PR is like lot. full manipulation. It's like, <laughs> oh, you were caught uh, with a hooker. Uh, okay, we're going to spin that to be that. That's his, unfortunately, his mistress, but his wife and him have an open relationship. So <laughs> right, it's like right, they right. spin it. And so yeah. I think PR is um, a little more fascinating, to be honest, because it's like, oh, how are you going to spin it? <laughs> and it, I think I even yeah. think you can I would call PR even something you could do from your own like per you can even do PR from your own like personal like. Yeah standpoint right like yeah. you can, like the way like even we see bravo Lev's do it all the time we, mm -hmm. we see we see lisa rinna do it all the time i'm so mad at her sorry from last night her stupid slurry live she that she post? did i just like i'm it's, so fed up with all of them i seriously hate them but it's a rash it doesn't make any sense but she's do she's doing her thing where she's like it's interesting how right before the aspen trip all this is happening it's interesting. I'm like, oh, I did hear that. Yeah. What when, does the, that mean? 
because you know Kathy's going to be right. Kathy's going to do this big thing um that's going to get her canceled but again so what's if i don't motive what, what if i don't see kathy do it with my own eyes and i'm going solely off of lisa rinna's word i'm not gonna believe yeah, it yeah. i can't believe lisa rinna's word yeah can, yeah can you imagine if we didn't see sutton say what she said on watch what happens live like can you imagine if for some reason sutton said that like at a party and we had to hear rinna's version of yeah. what sutton said about the charity she would have been like, and then Sutton said that Lisa and Harry went to that charity event and told Elton John to fuck off. We don't care about AIDS. <laughs> That's what we would have heard. We don't care about AIDS. <laughs> That's what we would have heard. So I don't want to hear it, Lisa Rinna. Oh That's PR God. for you, okay? That's oh, do you, PR. Do you think that Lisa Rinna's experience as a soap opera actress because like i mean if you look at history of media and everything a soap opera actress is now <laughs> like the new reality tv star kind of right Ooh, burn i mean <laughs> right though like because we don't i mean do we still have soap operas we do right we a do couple? they are just it's really weird to turn them on because I like I was flipping through channels because I only ever watch streaming. I rarely watch like TV TV. Yeah. I had to like check something on the regular TV during daytime. And I I, I flipped to a, a soap opera and it was it's like shot on very like I think it's like digital. I don't know. But it, like the quality of it's so absurd. And I was like, this is soap opera. It's odd. Yeah, because I feel like soap it's operas bad. are so weird. Like the whole, I need to dig into the history of soap operas more because I feel like there is their technique of film and all that like filmography is very strange because they have to like, they're constantly doing new screens and, and updating the plot. So like they have to move quickly. So I feel like they don't have that much time to worry about the quality of the filming, but it know. used to be it used to be a thing. I remember my grandmother watched all my children uh -huh. and I loved it. Susan I Lucci, like it was like it was like, you know, it was a thing, but now it's just they do so I think they just do so many of them and it's just, you know, wasn't what it used to be. Do you think so Lisa Rinna would be good back on a soap opera instead of reality TV? I don't care. I want Lisa, you know what Lisa Renna should do? She should now, she's done enough of Beverly Hills Housewives. She should be that person that goes and does like those, you know, challenges. And like, I don't know when they like, you know, she oh. needs to go back to doing like, like the celebrity apprentice type of shows that they yeah. still have. Yeah, I like that idea. I think that would be best for her or just stick with QVC. Like, yeah, she does great. Yeah, I don't understand why she doesn't just stick with that. But she's too, like, giving her a platform. I have said a million times that if she is back next season, I'm not watching. I'm, tr I'm truly not. Like, I can't, I cannot stomach another season of it. I think they I should scrap the whole thing. If you're going to scrap Roni, why not scrap Beverly Hills? It's the most toxic of all franchises behind New Jersey. But see, I want Garcelle to win. Well, then we could still have Garcelle do something like 
like what we were talking about, maybe stop making every show housewives and do something that's like, hi, I'm a single successful mother. But let me throw something out at you. If they cancel it, they'll blame Garcelle. Oh, like what they did to Ebony? Yeah. So I would just like Rena to be gone uh, and keep going for at least one more season so that they can't be like, see, Garcelle ruined the show. Because they will. Yeah. You know, they already, I already get enough, which I have to, you know, block and delete, but they all get the horrible comments. Like, Garcelle makes everything about race. I'm like, God, still people say this shit? This is why I feel like networks, big networks have a social responsibility. It's like letting, have you been watching Undone on Netflix? Like, no, I... Oh, yes. Did you watch the other ones? Like, And One and Malice at the Palace? No. Malice at the Palace was very good, but like horrifying. I don't know why I brought this up, but. I need to go watch those immediately. Yeah, they're so good. I'm like obsessed. I'm binging them. Oh, I'm okay. Like, I done. went into a rabbit hole. I was like, who? Because there's an underlying theme of like how fucked up media is and like how it affects our psychology mob mentality. Oh, this is what I was going to say. Malice at the Palace was the story of this brawl between the Pacers and the Pistons in like the championship game. There was no security and they blamed the Pacers who were being attacked. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it was. I saw that. It was so awful. And I just, as I'm watching this, I'm like, this is what, this is like metaphorically what it's like watching Bravo fans during Beverly Hills. Like everyone's going and attacking players or attacking each other. And like, it's just, and then the NBA didn't take any accountability. The, what do they call him? Commissioner or whatever mm-hmm. at the time. Stern, I guess his name is. He, instead of being like, we need to amp up security and have set standards for the safety of our players going forward. Instead of like doing the right thing, like a human being, he blamed the basketball players and suspended them all ruined their career oh. started the media was calling them thugs and then the nba changed their dress code after that injustice makes me rage and me too I could not i was just like this is how i feel like this is what bravo is doing with the fan base the fans are being wild and crazy there's no security around and (laughs) people are fucking going nuts well they even did that with their last statement about the you know garcelle's son getting attacked that was not cool the way they said you know we encourage our fans and or social media viewers or whatever to be kind i'm like and we're also looking into the bots i don't know like don't just blame it on that that yeah see that right there shows me that i don't think bravo's prepared for the next generation of how mm. we're evolving as a fan base and how reality tv has changed completely yeah and the fact that you know i could talk to a housewife right now and change the story for n- next season like that's that, fair that can happen to anyone and bravo i feel like they want to control it versus leaning into it and leveraging it in a positive way and not just yeah. leveraging it in a salacious and gross way, like leverage it in a way that 
shows these are our values. We do not stand for racism. We don't stand for homophobia. Like, just be very clear and have boundaries and set expectations and then let the viewers decide. And I would even have more respect for Bravo if they said, listen, we are here to show you the reality as like anthropologists, if you want to say. You can decide if you want to watch, but we are not intervening at this level or this level. Like I would even, if they said like, oh, you know, somebody puts their hands on each other, like that's up to the police or whatever, which I think they have said. But like with MTV, back in the real world days, they made a stance when Steven hit Irene in the face in Seattle. They stopped production. They talked about it and said, okay, we've made a decision. We are not going to tolerate any physical assault from one cast member to another and you are now terminated and that is the rule going forward so all future it's setting a precedent so that all future cast members they know and it should be written out like if you attack another cast member physically you are fired there's zero tolerance for violence in the workplace and this is a work environment like I, it's in, insane to me that there's like such a huge business that a corporate mm-hmm. business that is running operations like this it's oh like i think about that all the time festival. i'm like do you have an hr department yes exactly I think about that all the time they need hr they need to revamp all their hr rules and they need a diversity and inclusion expert they need to and like- also andy cohen needs some sensitivity training when people go on Watch What Happens Live, I need him to stop asking about their sex lives. Oh my gosh, yes. That, I've been it's kind really of- really inappropriate. I've been bothered by the sexual talk as well. Like, even though it's playful and like- it, Sometimes it's, just, it's, sometimes like when they don't answer right away, he keeps pushing and I'm like, their resistance to the question should be your stoplight. Yeah, like social cue. Done. <laughs> If they're like, I don't know, Andy, it's like, okay, I'm not interested. Because some people are like, I'll give it all to you. And that's fine. That's fun. But not everybody's interested in that sort of conversation. And that's fair. They're on TV. But Mm. dude, Andy, stop it. Like he keeps probing. And then he gets this look in his face like he likes probing. And like they should answer. I'm like, okay, bro. I think (laughs) you need to go through some sensitivity training about how there are boundaries yeah. Okay. This concept of emotional intelligence, I think, needs to be more talked about because <laughs> that's kind of what that is, right? Is that there's no emotional intelligence to take the social cues to be like, maybe I shouldn't be doing this right now. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm all about growth. Like, we're all human. We all make mistakes. But we should also, when we do make mistakes, take accountability and try to grow and improve. And so I'm all for that. I'm not about like cancel culture. So Andy could, in my eyes, if he- Oh my God, it'd be so great. Yeah, he would set the tone and be an example. But I don't know. I don't want to- I would love that. Oh my God, if one day Andy was like, you know what, guys, I- I went through some sort of training. I did not realize how inappropriate I've been. And I feel like an asshole. That would be outstanding. And and we could just move forward, right? And we would all the, anything that he said in the past, we could be like, that was old, Andy. Because when you watch reunions from like old seasons of any franchise, it is horrible. The shit he says. Like during Taylor's second season, 
when, or even the first season when they no, it's second season because Brandy's there when they're talking about like Russell committing suicide and the domestic abuse. He lets Brandy be like, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Russell's not here to defend himself. And Andy just lets that become banter. I'm like, this should have been the end of that conversation because we're talking about domestic abuse, guys. But Andy lets it become dialogue and it becomes like a reunion moment. I'm like, no, 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 guys, stop. Yeah, if if anything of a sensitive nature like that comes up, I feel like the only only acceptable response or appropriate way to handle it is to address it in a positive way to be like, listen, we don't condone this. And here's some resources for anyone who's experiencing it. And here's some hotlines if you need help or whatever, but we're not going to address that and we're going to move forward or something like that. Like they just need to handle these things. It's not that hard. Speak the words, communicate, tell us what your boundaries are. And then we can decide as viewers if we want to watch or not. But like, I just don't like when they say they stand for something and then they don't, you know, and it's like. Like how they said in 2020, we we don't stand for racism. We stand with the black community and they've really disappointed us a bunch of times. Yeah. And it's not like back in the day where there wasn't social media and you could get away with like, oh, they forgot about it. You know, like, no, we all know that shit and we yep. all have digital proof. We have the receipts. So what are you doing to us? And like, I think that's a part that's overlooked is how invested and how passionate the fandom is. And with that comes responsibility. Just in my opinion. It does. God damn it. I mean, I feel like we could talk all day. So, and I'm just so grateful that you took the time to record with me today. So I want to say it was thank my pleasure you so much for being on my show and for anyone who's listening or watching, make sure you go check out She Speaks Bravo with Emily Hanks on YouTube and I'm sure all podcast platforms. Yes, indeed. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun.